You're listening to the Football Revolution. Welcome to the Football Revolution. I'm your host, Gio. Great to have your company. Hope everyone had a great Christmas. Speaking of Christmas, it's the gift that keeps on giving. My co-host, VIG. Hello. How's your last few days been? Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, great time over Christmas with uh, friends and family. So looking forward to the show. Mate, this, will, this is your last Christmases too. So uh, it is. next year it will be three. Little goes back and uh, you and your wife. It will. It will. Looking forward to it. But uh, that's, a, that's a long way off at the moment. So, um, yeah. The good news is that, uh, like I said, you get a break this year because once you have kids, mate, there's no more breaks ever again. That's it. It's another <laughs> full-time job I hear. It is indeed. Uh, COVID is like the Christmas Grinch. He's stealing most of our Christmas A-League games, which we'll um, touch on a little bit more in our Revolution Roundup. But on a serious note, we wish everyone who has has it a speedy recovery and um, be smart and uh, let's help get it under control, this latest outbreak. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's it's a challenging time for everyone, um, especially over the Christmas break and the festive season. But um, we just all need to be aware of it and do what we can to, to limit its uh, damage. Yeah, look, it's been tough, but... Uh, Hopefully we come out the other side uh, very, very soon. FFA Cup, Arpia's run came to a grinding halt at the hands of... Uh, Crush and burn. ...of the inform and no mercy Mariners, so thumping them 6-0. It was uh, a reality check, I think, for the uh, MPL club. Yeah, I think it was. Look, I think they just literally ran out of legs. That um, They played two games before that in, in a couple of weeks, and um, I think Central Coast were just, just too good for them, plain and simple. Uh, professional outfit, professional performance, and um, you know they they roll on in the cup. If they got Mariners a couple of weeks ago while their confidence was down because they were playing really well but weren't getting results, maybe different result. But uh, once you've got two two or three good performances and results under your belt now for the Mariners, it was a really really bad draw. Yeah, definitely. Look, you know there there is everyone says that the MPL is getting closer to the A League, but it's still a massive step into a professional environment going from MPL setup when A-League set up and we could see that, um, that that was evident in the game. The Mariners were just a class above Arpia, which Arpia have had some, some really good players. Um, but just taking that, going from a, a semi-professional environment to a professional environment, there's a step up in the game, the intensity, the level, being able to play back-to-back matches, being able to play two matches, three matches in a week. Um, and the Arpia boys just, I think they fell victim of that. Look, I think the Mariners may be rubbing their hands together because this is a chance for them to get them, their hands on some silverware. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, they, they they haven't won silverware for a, for a long time, I think since since Arnie was there. So now they've got a chance to, you know, possibly go to a final and, you know, in a cup final, anything can happen. And Gold Coast versus Victory was postponed. The winner goes on to the quarterfinals to play against Adelaide. Um, I think that's been rescheduled for the 30th, I think, of December. Um, and that will give us our final, all our quarter finalists, and then uh, yeah, I think it's just a battle royale, right? The winner takes all from there, and it's just uh, get get in there, get stuck in, and and hope you can uh, put in a performance as well as you know. I think if you are getting games postponed in the league, then it could be helping you in the cup if you can get those games done. Yeah, definitely. Look, it's all about momentum at this time of year as well, especially with a with a cup run. So you want to be playing as much football as you can, and winning as many matches as you can. So. Um, you know, there's still still some big guns left in there, so we'll, we'll see what happens. This week in the uh, player escape room, we did cheat. We uh, we had because we knew it'd be tough getting guests on during the Christmas period while they're you know celebrating with their family and friends. We had Jason Guerrier on before they played uh, against um, Western United. Western United, and we gave him a bit of stick about not being able to score a goal. He scored a couple of goals when he was playing overseas, but he scored no goals in the A League. And uh, wow, pal. Thank you very much. He, he comes with a nice header. Look, no, normally we give players the uh, kiss of death, right? So we had Biras on and, and then he gets sent off. So, we, you know, we, we weren't sure what was going to happen with Garrier, but he's, he's, he's played on the weekend and he's, he's scored a great goal and, and helped Victory to a, to a nice win. Yeah, so in the player skate room, we welcome Victory's returning son, Jason Garrier, also goal scorer on the weekend. And uh, we helped you open your account, so you're more than welcome, mate. Gracias. What can I say? Except just gracias. You're welcome. <laughs> Christmas Crackers is our special holiday season segment, which I'll tell you a bit, uh, more about later in the show. So that'll be a bit of fun with uh, VIG and myself. 
And uh, usually I give us a little bit of a wrap or a little bit of a summary at the end, but there's not a lot to say other than four or six games cancelled, but it was two sides of the big blue that showed who's who in the zoo. <laughs> Summed it up perfectly. So Victory and Sydney FC, both uh, fantastic wins uh, on Boxing Day. And uh, we'll touch on those two games now as we head into our Revolution Roundup. So there was actually five games cancelled. So City was supposed to have two games, one on the 22nd against the Wanderers Canned and one on the 27th against the Raw, which was also um, rescheduled. On the 23rd, Adelaide, Perth, Bomb Bomb. 26 Jets versus Wanderers, uh, so Wanderers supposed to have two, a double as well. That was also postponed, and the 27th, the Mariners and Wellington, which was a rescheduled game from round two, was also um, told to uh, not be played. So <laughs> lots of... You got Omicron, I got Omicron, we all got Omicron, but I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm starving for some football because we had two games on Boxing Day, both played at the same time. You know, you've got to have two screens up to watch it, two different devices, Um you know, we want more football. We, we want this to end. We, we want COVID to go away and we want more football to watch. Look, this is not only happening here, though. It's happening in the uh, Premier League. It's happening all around the world. And look, it's frustrating. And look, I think uh, we just have to get to the stage where eventually we're going to have to all cross this bridge eventually. I think with the numbers that we've got in Sydney at the moment, we're up to now 6,000 cases a day. Eventually everyone's going to get it. I think we just have to do the best we can when we do have it and make sure we just don't pass it to anyone else. Or if we do, that we just try and control it as best we can. But like I said, there's no doctors on this show. So we uh, we, we know football, we'll, we'll stick to that and uh, we'll leave the, the rest up to the experts. <laughs> Definitely no doctor over here, mate. <laughs> so the, so the, double, the double header was the, uh, the Boxing Day uh, clashes. So the first game was between Melbourne Victory and Western United and Melbourne Victory ran out 3-1 winners. Um, Western United threw more punches, but uh, Victory landed their scoring punches, the ones that mattered. Yeah, I think, like, Victory, two minutes in the space of two minutes, two two goals, killer blows, and I think that just took the stuffing out of Western United, which who, who started the game quite well. Um, they had a few few chances early on and, and were playing some, some nice football, but without Diamante, who's another victim of COVID, um, they sort of, they lacked a bit in midfield. You can't um, fill his boots, can you? You can't fill his boots, you, you know. Or his stockings. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, victory just... They say teams are most vulnerable after they've scored a goal. And victory pretty much got the ball back from the kickoff and scored scored again. So, you know, it was probably Western United's chance to, to get the ball from the kickoff and, and go at them. They didn't. They turned the ball over. Victory got it. They went the other side of the field. Uh, beautiful play by I think it was Brimmer. Yeah, Brimmer ran at them. Who, yeah, who's been who's been fantastic for them so far this season I think. Um, and then a nice finish from Berlante and and that was the the sucker punch, two goals in in two minutes. And um, West United never really came back from it. Yeah, they got a sniff late in the game. Um, I think it was a defensive error by Rod- Roderick. Yep. Um, the ball came across. It was a bit of an air swing. It was it was a bit of a nothing play. It was a nice finish by the by the uh, Serbian recruit Prilovic. Prilovic, yeah. Um, great, great little finish, but you know, yeah, yeah, it gave him a little sniff with with three four minutes to go. But victory shut that down pretty quick. Uh, Rojas on the um on the counter and the the dagger blow, Dagostino. Yeah, I think uh, they did get a, a slight glimmer, and I think just before that, uh, Lacroix who. Unusually, unusually was suspect uh, in that game. I don't know if it was just a big occasion or against a, a pumped-up victory, but uh, he was a bit suspect. He uh, he actually hit the crossbar at 2-0. Yep. And if that's 2-1 and then all of a sudden, you, you know, your you striker scores off a, a sloppy defending from Roderick, it's 2-2. But uh, unfortunately for them, they didn't take their chances. Uh, and then, as you said, uh, Rojas comes off the bench who they had the luxury of resting. They were also missing Spiranovic. So I think it was... Uh, goes to show that they do have a bit of depth there now at the victory and not only are they performing, but they also have players there that can step in and do a role if they need to. And, uh, yeah, like I said, Diagostino off the bench ices the game and then that's that's uh, all she wrote. But, uh, look, I'd like to go back just quickly to the start of the game that you touched on. So it could have been so different early on. I think it was inside the first 10 minutes. Wenzel Halls had a breakaway. I think one of the defenders slipped over and it was like comedy of errors. And if he'd brought the, down, the ball down properly... He runs in, probably has a one-on-one with a keeper, or he's got, I think he had Perez. Someone on it, or Connor Payne or Connor Perez. Payne next to, his, yeah, Perez yeah. or Connor Payne next to him. Instead, he went to control it. It sort of hit him weird. It bounced funny. It hit his heel and then flicked over to Perez. And then he gave it to Connor Payne, who probably should have gone a bit closer. From that point on, it uh, 
it could have been a totally different game. One nil up, victory then, I, I don't think, are as confident. I don't think they go in there and start to demand the game like they were. So, look, it was a massive, a massive stuff up. And like I said, I'm not saying for one second that the game was lost because of Wenzel Halls because they still had, you know, 80-odd minutes to, to recover from the game. But I think that would have been the start they needed. And I don't think the game goes the way it does if he scores. But uh, that's the first goal that Western United have conceded in five games. And also the last team that scored against them was Victory in round two. So Victory is the only team so that's actually scored against So they've conceded all their them. goals against uh, Melbourne Victory. They have. So they've, they've conceded nothing against four other opponents. But uh, against the Victory in two games, they've conceded all, all four goals that they've uh, conceded so far this season. So it goes to show at the moment well, the Victory good, does have the wood over them. Good news for them, though. They, they only have to pay Victory one more time. So <laughs> <laughs> That is true. Uh, look, for me, Western United, the, the most worrying thing, which you know is, is obvious, you don't need to be Einstein to work this out, is they've had 22 shots, five on target and only one goal and they've been playing really well but goals seem to be really hard to come by for them at the moment they've had I think four one nil wins other than two losses and so Wenzel Halls um, you know he's doing it he's doing a fair job you've also got uh, Prilovic who you've said you know he's got world-class pedigree he's played for Serbia the Serbian national team he's got numerous caps for them but he, he doesn't seem to have hit the ground as running uh, hit the ground running as well as he probably should have so do you think they need to bring another striker I don't, think so. I don't button. think so. I don't think so. I think no. I think you're hitting the paddock bone in there. But um, you know, they're they're doing well. They're, they're, like you're saying, they're not conceding a great amount of, of goals, so that gives them opportunity. If, if you're only scoring one goal a game, you know, you, you might get a, a draw out of it or or a win. So I don't think it's time to hit the panic buttons. We know what Wenzel Halls is capable of. He needs more game time, uh, more chances up top. But I think Prilovic, you know, he, he'll he'll start to. Uh, I think he'll start soon. You know, um. So we'll see what happens. It, it takes time to adapt to the league. You're not going to just come in and, and bang goals in left, right, centre. Um, and and they play, Western United play, they're set up in a way, they don't play that real expansive football. Um, yeah, they've got a bit of pace up front with the with the young guys, Wenzel Hawes, Piraeus, uh, Connor Payne on the left. Um, but then they're not really playing open, attacking, all-out attacking football. It's a bit more measured with Aloisi. So... I think it'll it'll take time. I don't think they're a team that's going to score three, four goals a game. Um, but yes, if they're creating so many chances, which which they are, and not converting, you know, if they were losing all these matches, then yes, it becomes an issue. But at the moment, it's it's not panic stations for me. Yeah, their next game will be interesting because the last time they lost, or the only other time they've lost against. Um, victory. They came and won four on trot, four four one nil wins. So this time it wasn't a one nil loss; it was a three nil loss. So yes. it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back. But uh, only time will tell. And the second of the Boxing Day clashes was uh, Macarthur Bulls at home against Sydney FC, and the understrength Sydney FC knock out the Bulls three nil. It was a, a really comprehensive win. It was the second win on a trot for the Sky Blues. And look, I, I think I've probably got a little bit of egg in my face because I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I've probably said it continuously, I thought Sydney were in big trouble with all the injuries and, and the current squad they have. But uh, Bimby and uh, the players have shown me that uh, what the club's made about, and uh, I was wrong to write them off early. They've uh, put in a, a fantastic shift considering they were missing Barbarousas, Alfie, Bobo, Bratton, and Ninkovic was on the bench. But uh, Sydney FC take a bow. Yeah, the youngsters really stepped up. I thought Max Burgess probably had his best game for, for Sydney FC. Um, Trent Bahaja was good, you know, playing to his strengths, running in behind defence, uh, occupying that space behind the behind the uh, the back four. Um, the, the goal that he set up for uh, it was for, for Max Burgess. Um, you know, great great turn of speed. Um, played it into space, attacked that space. Lovely little cutback and and a tap in for for Max. Um, Look, we all know Bahaj is fast, right? I, I've never disputed that. But it looked like he had afterburners on compared to the MacArthur fullbacks. What was going yeah, on with them? I don't know. Well, as a defender, when, when you're marking someone and he's quicker than you, you know you're in for a tough night. That's, it's the worst thing you can have if, if you're a defender and you're not that quick or, or you've got someone that is exceptionally quick. It's, it's hard. It's difficult to, you know, you, you, you either give him a bit of space and then he takes that space and has that, that time on the ball to beat you, or you get up close and tight and, you know, he knocks the ball around you. So it's, it's, it's as a defender, it's one of the most difficult things to, to mark is, is pace. Yeah, the only thing worse is if you leave your boots at home, isn't that? Yeah, the yeah <laughs> pretty much. Or, you know, sometimes you're playing with ice skates on because the, the attacker's so quick, he's turning the inside out and you're, you're all over the place. So, um, 
it, it is difficult to mark. I thought Caceres was terrific, and I think also a good pat on the back goes to Sydney's defence, who were rock tight. They didn't give MacArthur, who've been doing really well, much, uh, you know, I suppose much space or much time or let them create much. But uh, I think the Bulls already missing Urich and Devia, but Curdo was just the final straw. It was just that broke the camel's back. I think it was just too much firepower out of your lineup um, yep. against the Sydney team who. Um, you know, have been written off now, their back's against the wall and their young guys have come in and absolutely put on a show. So bravo to them. Yeah, I think MacArthur just weren't at the races um, and, and that the pitch out there still still not up to scratch. That that stadium, the atmosphere there, the crowd. Oh, were they at the Boxing Day sales? Is I that? don't know what they were doing. <laughs> they were at Campbelltown Square. I, I don't know. But it, it just, it, the, the whole experience of going to a football match there doesn't look great to me. It's 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 not sold. Like I don't want to go there. That's that's the bottom line. That's it. All right, we'll leave that's it all on, I got. We'll leave it on that note. But uh, up after the break, we welcome to the player escape room uh, goal scoring hero from the weekend and uh, one of Popper's major new recruits, Jason Garrier. You're listening to the Football Revolution. Up now in the player escape room is a player who is in his second stint with Melbourne Victory after a season with Perth Glory. Please welcome to the show an important part of Popper's rebuild defender, Jason Guerrier. G'day, mate. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Mate, thanks for being here. How's life back in Melbourne? Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it's had some some time away overseas and um, yeah, a little stint with uh, with Perth to round off last season. But um, yeah, it's good to be back and uh, be a part of, of what's been, I mean, an all-round rebuild, not just players, but uh, staff and just, I mean, all around the way we do things. So it's it's been good and a lot of hard work, but um, I think we're sort of, we're reaping the rewards so far and I think we've got a long way to go still, but yeah, it's been good so far. Yeah, man. So how much has, has the club changed at all since you were last there? Um, I mean, obviously the main thing is personnel um, in, in coaching staff and, and a lot of the backroom staff as well. Um, but I think the, the, the main difference is uh, the, the control the boss has over not just the playing group, but just how the, the whole whole club runs, him and, and John DeLitzer um, and the chairman, obviously, they're all, they're all working together and, and Caroline Carnegie as well. Um, and yeah, they sort of just overhauled, I guess, the, how things were, were being run from the last few seasons. And it's really positive. It's really inclusive. Everyone's, everyone's important. doesn't matter what your role is. Um, they've got made a, a big effort that you know a big, big thing of the togetherness of the club and and everyone um, being unified in, in working towards a common goal and um, yeah that translates onto the field you know the, the boys in training and and, and in games are really going that extra mile for each other and and working together to yeah, get the best results possible. Mate, it's no secret I'm a, I'm a victory fan, so I know that. Uh... We were happy to lend you to J, the J League and uh, and also the Glory for a few seasons, but uh, you're back where your heart belongs uh, in Melbourne. Mate, who convinced you? I know it's a pretty obvious probably answer here, but uh, who convinced you to pull back on the mighty blue of the victory? Uh yeah, it's it's, it's uh, the boss, uh, Papa Tony Popovich. Um, we 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 spoke um, yeah in the off season, and I, I did have uh, intentions of, of trying to go back overseas, but um after speaking to him and then, you know, listening to what he had to say and what he was trying to do uh, for Melbourne victory. Um, it was, it was pretty straightforward. Um, me, I'm someone that wants to learn like every day. I want to improve every day. I want to try and be the best you know, possible version of myself. And, and um, I think, yeah, the, the amount already that I've learned off him has been so much things that, you know, I, I haven't really, you you wouldn't notice or just the, the details the level of detail that that he has for 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 the game is is second to none i've really experienced that level of detail from a coach so far so um yeah i'm, I'm really happy i did come and, and i'm learning so much from him and um yeah as a, as a team i think all the boys are learning so much and and we're growing and we're improving and i think that's a lot to go so um yeah it's really good sign so far yeah mate you, you made your soccer's debut back in june 2016 um, having Popper as a coach now, is there any aspiration to, to get back in that in the frame for, for Socceroos selection? And do you think Popper as a coach can help you get to that level again? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, to be completely honest, I haven't really been thinking about the national team. It's I guess it's, you know, been 
so far between the the, the games I was a part of. Um, and now that it's sort of yeah, an afterthought in my in my mind so far, I'm sort of more focused on um, yeah performing here and and doing a job here. And if that stuff happens, it happens. If not, it's not in my control, so I can't really worry too much about it. Um, but yeah, I think he's definitely a person that can push me in that in that direction and get me to a level that you know something like that could happen again. Um, but yeah, it's not really in my brain. Honestly, it's. Um, something that's yeah, not in my control. So can't really worry too much about it. Mate, besides both loving the victory, the other thing we have in common is uh, when you made your debut, you shared the room with Alex Gershback. And uh, unfortunately <laughs> for me, I have to share the room with Josh Gershback. So uh, yeah, we, we both got the, the, the Gershbacks and in my Gersh. case, the victory in our blood. But uh, look, hopefully second time round, we might get a better roommate or a better host, but uh, we can only hope, right? Yeah, we can only hope. But uh, <laughs> if it does happen for me, um, hopefully, hopefully Alex is there again. You know, it can be roomies again part two part two can get on so see what happens if you if you both keep going the way you are then uh, there is every possibility of that mate talking about your time in the j league two now i can understand why you'd want to go back because in the a league you've scored no goals and in the j league you scored two in half the amount of appearances so <laughs> you got you obviously found some scoring boots or something magic over there how long before we can see a goal in the a league like i said you scored two good goals over there and over here we're still waiting for you to open your account yeah, they were set pieces, man. My first, the, the whole five years <laughs> I was here, I was, I was, I was on halfway line for every set piece, man. So is that because you're amongst it, like, than everyone else over there? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the height definitely plays a factor. <laughs> <laughs> definitely had that advantage. Um, but no, yeah, it's I guess yeah, my goals over there were, were headers and stuff. So I guess I'm getting more uh, amongst set pieces. You know, I can be a bit of a threat. So uh, the coaches have yeah, recognised that here, and I'm a bit amongst it more. So I think it's coming, man. I think it's coming. Mate, tell us a little bit about your time over there. You made 57 appearances for your team over there between 2018 and 2020. What was the main difference you'd say between the A-League and and the J-League? The initial shock of it all, it took a while to adjust to just the the pace of of Japanese football. Technically, the players are outstanding, both both feet, left foot, right foot, um, just run all day. The, the the wingers are marking like there was just never an easy game. I was always marking you know players that just love to dribble, technically just so sound and and just discipline. The discipline is is another level there as well. It's just you're gonna get that pressure, you're gonna get that um, that competition for ninety minutes every game. So it, it took a while to adjust to that, um, but yeah, I feel like I learned a lot and and in, in, in you know playing a different playing a different country, obviously, but. Um, the Japanese style of football is, yeah, it's very technical, very, um, in the, in the second leg as, as well, you're just working a lot, you're working end to end, very transition, transition games, it's, it's almost basketball, it's just end to end, and um, yeah, it, it was, it was a lot to sort of take in initially, but I had a great time over there, Japan's such a lovely country to live in, the people are so welcoming, and, and the club took such good care of me, so um, yeah, I really enjoyed my experience, and, and yeah, would love to, would love to experience it again. Mate, look, I'm not against you going back, but uh, we want you here at Victory for a couple more seasons and then we'll give you our blessing to leave and go again and, and chase greater honours. But just for the next couple of years so we can get back at the top of uh, the A-League tree, we'd just love you to stay, if that's okay. <laughs> no problem. That sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, mate, we've given you a bit of a warm-up. Uh, are you ready to play the first of the two games we like to play with our guests? It's called our Lock, Stock and Three Smoking Balls. Yeah, man, let's go. Let's go. All right. If you could sign one player from the A-League to play in your current Victory team, who would it be? Um, that's a good question. Um, I've always liked, I mean, I'm friends with him, but Luke Bratton for me, there's there's not many midfielders that can control games like him. For me, it's like him and a sort of a Isaias and a like Kill Kenny. There's they're they're like unique midfielders. So but for me, Bratz is he's he's a very good player. So probably him, I think. Someone someone you can just win the ball get it and give it to them and, and they can do their magic with it. Yeah, he's got like different vision and his distribution. He can sort of put the ball wherever he wants. So yeah, probably be Luke Bratton, I think. Uh, we're both big fans of Luke Bratton too, but we just don't want him at the moment. If he's going to come to victory, let's wait until he's back on his feet and then we'll take him with open yeah. arms. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I hope for a speedy recovery for Bratton for uh, sure. We definitely do too. Yeah, we hope, we wish him all the best. And look, I think it's, it's tough for him, but also I think uh, Sydney are really going to find it tough without a guy that controls the tempo of the game for them. But uh, yeah, we wish him all yeah. the best. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's a very important player for them. So yeah, it's going to be difficult, but yeah, hopefully he comes back uh, bigger and stronger for sure. Mate, if you could change one FIFA rule, what would it be? Oh, um, oh yeah, definitely when these uh, the linesmen are just letting play go for like you know 10 15 seconds and they know it's offside like it's a clear offside like and you're running you're sprinting you're wasting your energy and then you, you make like three blocks and the ref puts his flag up and you're just like man what are you doing you could have stopped this play 20 seconds ago it's, i'm over here i've expended all this energy uh, it's 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 annoying that one it's definitely annoying I, I get you have to let play go on in that but man that can be frustrating when it's blatantly offside and they sort of let it go it's yeah it's very annoying Mate, I, you must have been listening to me because I bang on about this all the time. I can't stand the fact that the game goes on for 30 seconds. Just call it as you see it, you know. Yeah. If you put it in any yeah. other walk of life, you go and ask a girl out. She said no, but no one tells you and someone else comes along and you could have found out <laughs> 10 minutes ago that you've been brushed, right? Like it's, it doesn't work in any other walk of life and it does, doesn't work. But all of a sudden, you know, in football, we keep playing on. Just call it as soon as you oh. see it. Put everyone out of their misery oh. and let's get on with the game. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. You're, you're making three, four tackles. You sprinted like 80, 60 metres. You, you're out of breath. And then he just puts his flag up and you're just like, man, you could have could have put your flag up literally 15, 20 seconds ago. And, oh, man, it's, it's very frustrating, that one. Very frustrating. The good news is when I when I email FIFA now, instead of them just brushing me saying, who's this idiot, I'm going to put your name on the bottom too, Jason, and that will carry some star power. I'm going to say me and Jason Gary are both <laughs> want to change this rule. So hopefully we can get that across the line. It might get past the, uh, the 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 intern, maybe, and then it'll get deleted after that. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but without you, it won't even get past the garbage man. So at least I'm moving up in the world. So that's a good start for us. Good start, good start. And the final question for our lock stock and three smoking balls. If you could be anyone for a day, who would it be? Be anyone. Yeah, anyone. It could uh, be it could be a, a royal. It could be a movie star. It could be a, a rock star. It could be anything. Man, um, uh, I'd say my old man, maybe actually, because he was, he was, I mean, just to see what you know life was like back when he was sort of my age, he was, he was born in 52, so I mean, he was my age in the 70s, so I mean, it'd be cool to see what life was like back then. He's he, the amount of evolution he would have seen from, from back then to now would have been pretty amazing, so yeah. You're all class, Jason Gary. <laughs> all class, mate. Yeah, look, I, I would have said if I could be anyone for the day, I'd be VIG, Josh, here, so that uh, then I could see what it was like working with me. But uh, it's not about me, it's about you. So I think your answer's better. <laughs> it might be good being him, you know, fly on the wall, see what it's like to work for yourself, see, you know. Mate, did I, did I mention, I told you, I know he's a Gersh back, but he's a Sydney FC fan, not a Victory fan, right? You know who I support. <laughs> that's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> All right, mate, you've, you've passed that with flying colours and uh, we'll move on to our next one, which is our, our game, which we call Nuno, which is our version of yep. Nuno. So you'll get seven questions, uh, two answers with each. You just let us know which is most applicable to you. When you get to the end of yep. the sixth question, you call out Nuno to avoid any penalties. The yep. uh, current ho- quickest time is Western United's Christian Theo Harris, which is 25-17. Um, okay. So, yeah, look, just answer them as quick as you can. Josh, try and keep up to speed. I know you're going to slow things down so we don't have a victory guy win this segment, but uh, if you could be <laughs> fair, that'd be much appreciated. I'll see what I can do. All right, so over to you, uh, Leo G. All right, you ready to go, mate? Let's go. All right, ready, set, let's go. Snow or sand? Sand. Home cooking or Uber Eats? Oh, Uber Eats. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Follow your head or heart? Oh, heart. No, yeah, heart. No, yeah, heart, 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 heart. All right, comedy, comedy or action movies? Action. Messi or Ronaldo? Oh, God. Ronaldo. Nuno. Flat white or long black? Flat white, I think. All right. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Please, is, is, we, we won't tell you time, but yeah, it, you haven't beaten Christian Theo Harris, but uh, uh, the answers were quality. I'll link it. I'll link it. I'll link it on some hard ones. He's, That's a, all right. he's a thinking man. Mate, let's backtrack a little bit. <laughs> Favorite action movie? Action movie? Yeah, you said um, action movie. Comedy? 
I'd say like if we're going like classic, I don't mind like a, a you know like a passenger fifty seven or like a, a. I love training day. Training day is like a good. Does that action work count as action? I don't know if that count as action. Um, that training day will yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, training day. Yeah, I go. I go training day. I like. I love training day. So if, if you're at the cinemas now watching Training Day, say they do, they bring it out again, if people are talking in the cinemas to you, whether they're with you or around you, is that cool with you or no good? Nah, nah. You got you to gotta take it in. You got to be focused on the film, man. It's, can't be disturbing people like that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take you to the movies. We'll just put him down as one we'll invite to the, uh, to the movies with us. Yeah, you're fine, Jason. No problems. Ronaldo Messi. <laughs> Sorry, you guys running commentary on the movies while you're in it. No, we're no, we're actually all right. I think we're okay. We we don't shut up any other time, but I think in the movies, I realize that there's someone on the screen a lot bigger than us, so um, I'm paying to watch them, not us. So that's why we, we actually <laughs> say nothing. <laughs> no, fair enough. Yeah, that's no, good. That's good. Messi or Ronaldo, you seem a bit torn over. You've gone with Ronaldo. Why? Uh, I mean, I feel like he worked his ass off for that. Like, I guess Messi, of course, worked as well, but I feel like he's just gifted. Ronaldo's like, man, you put in the hours. Sort of like a Kobe Bryant type thing where it's like you just, these people in the gym or on the pitch, you know, every single day, like four times, three times a day, and they, they've they worked on their craft to get to where they are. So I think that hard work aspect is um gets him over the line. And he's, I mean, he's guys done it in so many different countries as well. So that's sort of, gives you grounds for like you know being a great being one of the goats so mate i do have a bit yeah. of a concern here the uber eats combined with night owl i'm hoping this doesn't mm. mean kebabs or something you know after the game on uh after you've been out for a few drinks because I'm, I'm i know popper i'll probably my phone will be ringing very soon with poppers asking <laughs> what the hell's jason on about can can you just clarify that for us so we can get ourselves out of trouble I'm saying I, I add to that in which which one do I enjoy the process of more? I, I do a lot of home <laughs> cooking, but I just can't be bothered cooking. Like when I go to cook, it's like oh, I've got to cook. Yeah, but I do I do do a lot of home cooking. Yeah, no, I, I, no. After 90 minutes, I'm not cooking. There's no chance. There's no way I'm cooking after a game. That's that's a that's my uh my guaranteed. I'm I'm getting something that I have not cooked. Um, after a game, but yeah, I do a lot of home cooking, but yeah, I just don't enjoy it that much. So. Oh, well, we know the night hours not because you're cleaning up, right? Because you haven't been cooking and making dishes <laughs> and fry pans and saucepans. So look, maybe it's because you're watching a good Netflix movie or, or reading a good book. Before we let you yeah, go, what, yeah, what are you watching yeah, on Netflix sure. at the moment? Uh, I just watched, uh, have you seen, you guys seen that True Story? True I can't story. say I have. Oh, I haven't. No, I haven't. Okay, it's with Kevin Hart, and uh, it, yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. I just I just finished watching that, and then I um, also it's not on Netflix, but um, I just finished up on uh, the like Power, the the sort of the, one of the spin-off ones. So um, yeah, those are the two that I've sort of been on lately. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, uh, like I said, as per usual, like you do on the pitch, you've uh, you've passed with flying colours, but. Uh, Mate, we'd love to thank you once again for making the time to come on the Football Revolution. We wish you all the best uh, with the victory. I know there'll be at least either one of us, Josh or I, happy this season. Hopefully it'll be me with victory uh, winning some silverware. <laughs> we, we appreciate, like I said, mate, uh, the honesty and uh, hopefully we don't get in too much trouble from Popper. I know your dad will be quite happy that uh, you mentioned to be, you'd like to be uh, him for a day. Um, he's actually luckier because he's been him his whole life. So uh, having him around yeah, you has been a good thing for you. But uh, we thank you once again, mate. And uh, we'll check, check in with you later in the year. But until then, thank you once again and uh, all the best. No, thank you guys. I appreciate you having me. It's had, had a lot of fun on this podcast and it's, you know, some unique questions. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have something different. So no, I really had, had fun, guys. So thanks for having me. You're listening to The Football Revolution. Welcome back to the show. Up now we have a special segment uh, for you, a Christmas special. It's called Christmas Crackers. So you know how you all sit at the dinner table with family or friends at Christmas and uh, you have a little tug of war over the Christmas crackers only just to win, I don't know, paper hat, 10 cent toy uh, or or one of those little jokes that comes out. So uh, ours is a bit more special than that. We're going to give out our Christmas crackers. There's two results and uh, we'll pick one each or pick the same one and then we'll leave the rest up to the audience or the listeners to decide uh, who wins each of the Christmas crackers. But uh, 
What do you think? Are you ready for this, Vidge? Ready to go. What a prize to win. Yeah, so while we're speaking of that, I found an inspirational woman, Lee Watson from the UK. Um, this is the right time of year to probably raise this. So parties, family, friends, and a lot of booze around. So um, I don't want to dampen the Christmas spirit. Um, have fun, be safe. But uh, Lee lost her 22-year-old son, Jack, who was killed by a car being driven by a drunken driver in 2018. He was in the car in the back seat uh, with his two friends and he was not wearing a seatbelt. Now, the car was crashed into by a drunken driver speeding at twice the limit, just 400 metres from her house, which is absolutely devastating. She had no choice with what happened to her, but is an extremely brave woman to not only open up about this in an attempt to avoid another family having to live her tragedy, but she's also started an organisation called Glow Sober. Now, Glow Sober supports organisations to open up the conversation about alcohol and raise awareness around the impact. If you want to check out what she's doing or just to reach out and uh, tell, you know, to support her, her Instagram page is at Glow Sober. We wish her all the best and hope this can help others from having to live the same nightmare that she has had to endure for the last few years. So um, our Christmas crackers, we're going to start off with best goal. So the two nominations are Andrew Newboots in the 2-2 draw versus Adelaide or Daniel De Silva's fantastic volley from Craig Noon's cross against the Jets. All right, you got your end? I've got my end of the cracker. I've got my end. Um, God, uh, what, what do we do here? Do we pull at the same, we just pulling at the same time? We're going to say at the same time who our answer is. One, two, three. No boots. Silver. Oh, all right, so we're going to leave this one up to uh, the listeners to decide whether so, it's... Wait, hold on, why have you gone to silver? I've gone to silver because I thought that the lead-up play, Noon's Cross, and it's not an easy um, it's not an easy thing to do to hit a, a ball that's coming across at speed. Yeah, across, a, across your body as well. Across your body, yeah. yeah the volley yeah. was spectacular, I thought. So that's why I've gone for him. All right. I, I went no boots or outside boots, as I like to call him now. Um I don't. I don't know. I think that's just that's just a it's a it's a forgotten skill. You know, kicking the ball. It's so elegant kicking the ball with the outside of your foot, and to get the power that he gets as he's as he's cut in from the from the right hand side. Um, just that. I don't, I don't know. I just I just like that curl on the ball. Just it just looks good. All right, we'll keep tugging on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so the cracker game, no pun intended. City versus victory. The derby last week or Adelaide versus Melbourne City from round two, where uh, Adelaide fought back from 2-0 uh, down to snatch a uh, 2-2 draw. draw. Right at the end, yeah. I think it was Halloran with a with a lovely goal at the end. It was indeed. So uh, which way are you going here? Oh, um, are, we going, are we going together or I'm just, I'm no, just, just deciding? You can say yours. Look, I'm going to go with the derby, just for the pure fact that it's a derby. It had everything, great build-up, great crowd, um, two teams playing, attacking football, going at each other. Four goals. Um, I just thought it was a it was a brilliant advertisement for the game, and we we want more of that. We want games like that every weekend. We want crowds like that every weekend. Um, we you know, we want build up suspense. We want drama, um, and that's that's games like that is you know they're the best way to promote the league. They're the best way to attract overseas players. I think we've been a bit greedy here. We just want games at the moment, right? Oh, give me anything. <laughs> Not even games like that. Oh, we just we're want hungry and thirsty and we want games. We want football. We want more football, but more football like that in a in a derby like atmosphere. Uh, the more games we have like that in the league, the better. Um, and then like I said, I think they made a big mistake playing the Sydney derby in in round 1. So, you know, there, there was no no real storyline, atmosphere. It was it was a bit dull, you know. Both teams feeling each other out. Um, whereas you know, four, five, six games in the, into the season, we're getting games like that. No point crying over Santa spilt milk, mate. All right, it's done done Santa's and dusted now. Everywhere. So, <laughs> it's gone. unfortunately, there's nothing we can do. But uh, look, pretty simple. I heard, San- I heard Santa next year likes beer anyway. So, <laughs> okay, I'm going for the uh, the derby as well, simply because the players have all told me that the build up. Uh, the atmosphere at the game, the whole thing was so superb. And if I had that every single week, they'd think they're playing in the Premier League. So for us, uh, we're both uh, pulling both sides, same side of the cracker on that one in the derby. But uh, curious to know what the listeners think. Most impressive coaching performance, Tony Popovich or John Aloisi so far? Both at the new club? Both at new clubs. clubs. Look, we know what what Tony Popovich is is about. We know what he brings to the club. We know what he uh, expects of the players. Um, 
and you know, I think West United took a bit of a gamble bringing Aloisi in as well. You know, he's coached at this level before and hasn't had great success, but he's a player that's played overseas in in a, in, in La Liga, in in top leagues in in Europe. So he knows football really well. He's played for the Socceroos. He knows Australian football. And oh, I'm going to go with Aloisi on this one. I think what he's doing at, at West United, I think they've been really impressive at the start of the season. Um, and, yeah, let, let's hope they can they can continue it and, and build on this. Um, they've been solid defensively. I think, like you said, we spoke about they've only conceded four goals all against Melbourne Victory. So, well, may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Popper is a better coach. But oh, I'm going to go with Aloisi for the moment. I don't need to actually give an explanation now because you just did it for <laughs> me. So um, we're, we're going to be fighting over the paper hat on this one. Uh, I'm going with Popper. I think uh, Victory have been the basket case the last two years. He's come in and already it's not so much that they're sitting at top of the table. It's just that they are playing, other than the off week they had against Perth Glory, they're just playing a good brand of football. They look competent. They look like they all know their jobs. They've got depth now. So for me, I'd give it to Popper, but... Uh, like I said, we'll uh, we'll leave that up to the listeners to decide uh, who they think is the most impressive coach so far um, after the first six rounds. So starting keeper, our two nominations, Philip Curto or Jamie Young? But both both been phenomenal this year. Um, I, I can't go past Curto. Given the circumstances, the way he, he only signed with MacArthur a week before the season started, um, he's pulled off some great saves, he's kept them in the game and they're, they're sitting where they are in the table probably because of him. Yeah, we're, we're on, on the same team on this one. Um, as much as I love the uh, human force field, Jamie Young, if he hadn't played against Victory this year, he would have won the award because oh, he's only 100%. conceded four goals. And all Maybe four he, should just, he should just put his hand up and say, I want to rest these games, <laughs> I don't want to play because I'm not going to concede a goal today. So. Yeah, all four against the Victory, but uh, Philip Curto. Uh, until he got sent off was absolutely outstanding. It was a major reason why they were doing so well and were undefeated before the weekend where they lost to Sydney. So for me, I would go with Curto too. Moving on to defender. So the two choices there are... Uh, Leo Lacroix and uh, Roderick Miranda from uh, Melbourne Victory. I threw you under the bus there because you're better at pronouncing Leo Lacroix than I I am. Um, Both have done great jobs. Both have uh, been smart. Uh, and I suppose quality signings for both their Melbourne clubs. But for me, I'm going for Lacroix. I think uh, he's just added that little bit of um, expertise, that little bit of skill and that little bit of X factor into the back line of, uh, of Western United. Look, he had an off day the other day. I'll put that down to maybe he got super excited about Christmas and he was focusing more on uh, what presents he was getting and, and what he'd ask Santa for. Maybe and he had a big Christmas night. I don't know who it was. But yeah, he, he had an off day. But to be honest with you, one off day... Shows me you've had a bad night. Five or four great performances shows me you've got quality in class. So I think it was a great signing for them, but I'd definitely go with Leo on that one. Yeah, I look, oh, I'm the same. Um, I'm not even really sure he had an off day. I think he had an off... They had an off five minutes, Western United. They lost that game of football in the space of a couple of minutes where, where Victory scored two goals. But um, I thought he was he was great in the game against Melbourne City. Um, I think that that's where everyone sort of went, oh, hang on a sec, this, guy, this bloke's quality um and like you said you know western united haven't conceded that many goals uh so far i think he's been good uh, like you said though uh roderick has been pretty good for victory as well i think the game that he didn't play was the game that uh perth perth beat them three nil so you know they're both they're both quality defenders um and they're both an asset for their, for each of their clubs it's quite funny even though they're the two best defenders in our opinion at the moment in the league both of them had Shockers on the weekends, so as in, okay, not whole games, but Roderick was the cause of the Western United goal because he did a big air swing. He, he tried to do the big bash, six and out, and he yep. <laughs> he got himself out. And uh, I think Lacroix was, not only was it the fact that they had conceded the three goals, but I think he gave the ball away cheaply, which gave another chance and another time he kicked it over the sideline and even his header. It was six yards out and he's done a lollipop that's hit the crossbar. So, look, a day for... For him to forget, not so much for Roderick because his goal didn't cost them anything. It was just a, 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 a blot on his copy book. But uh, moving to the midfielder, so two choices are Bazanic or Brimmer. Both both had terrific seasons so far, or two, you know, five games have played. Um, you know, Oli Bazanic, like we said last week, or I said, I think if he keeps this up, the way he's playing, the way he controls the game, um, the way he brings other players into the game, um, I think he's up for Socceroos selection if you know 
if if the Socceroos end up playing these World Cup qualifiers. Um, I got some intel he asked Santa for that, so um, hopefully that does come true. Well, I saw him hanging out with uh, James <laughs> Holland over the uh, Christmas period, so maybe maybe the two of them are uh, in Arnie's plans. Who knows? So which way are you swinging? Uh, look, I think I think Brimmer's been been really good as well. Um, he's sort of found his found his rhythm playing under Popper. I think he's got a bit more direction now, um, and he's he's influencing football matches. As well, but I'm going to go with Bazanic so far. He's captain of Central Coast. Um, he's the heart and soul of that team, and they've been playing some some decent football the last couple of weeks. Yeah, look, I'm simply going for Bazanic because of the fact that uh, he's got a lot less around him support. So I think Victory's got a lot of quality across the park. No disrespect to the Mariners, but they've got some young guys coming through, some inexperienced guys who still have got to prove themselves in the league. So for them to be going as well as they are at the moment, he's a major reason for that. So yeah. uh, And Bazanic makes those young kids better players as well. Uh, he gives them direction. He helps them out. Um, he's, he's a he's a true leader of that of that Central Coast Mariners team. Yeah, definitely. And striker, we're choice choosing between the uh, the twin jets here. So we're either going for Valentino Yule, Benny or, and the Jets, <laughs> or we're going for uh, Mikkel Tatsa. So, which way are you going here? They've both been both been great up top. Um, I think they've scored seven goals between between them. Um, Mikkel Tatsa scored four. Valentino Yule scored three. I think. Um, I really want the ten cent plastic toy here, so I'm going to beat you to the punch. I'm going to go for Mikkel Tatsa. I think not only has he scored, but he's also a very generous striker, so he hasn't just stole the limelight by you know scoring the goals himself. I think he's also been uh, a really good link-up player as well. Yeah, well, so and, and probably Valentino Yule's probably benefited off off that as well. Exactly. Um, I'll let you tell my answers now from now on. You, you oh, give me your, is that your notepad over there? Just hand it. Yeah, yep. but you give me all the great information of um, why I'm voting for those people. Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Mikkel Tadze as well. I think he's um I think he's been really good up front, and he's he's leading goal scorer. Do you, you really think that, or you just that. Didn't, didn't want me to get the toy? Is that? You can have the toy, man. You can have your ten cent piece or the hat or the. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, yeah. mate. Well, you can have the joke. You need more jokes. No, no, than no, me. Got, you need I've some got good the jokes. jokes down pat. Don't worry about that. <laughs> New recruit. So we've we've gone for either uh, the human force field, as we said earlier, who was nominated for the keeper award, Jamie Young, or we go for the Newcastle Jets uh, new signing, the Brazilian Daniel Pena. Pena. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Pena on this one, and I'm or maybe I've got a bit of egg on my face because in previous episodes I, I said that Newcastle are, are no chance of winning the league this year, but. The last couple of weeks, uh, the last couple of matches, they've they've proved me wrong. Um, you know, I think they've they've played some some decent football. They've got some some good little attacking players, and uh, Pena, the link up between Pena, Mikkel Tadze, Valentino Yule. can't can't win it. Uh, as much as oh, we just, look, as much as we just stand talking, by, I stand by that too. I stand by that. I don't think they're going to win the league. You played a ten man Macarthur Bulls, and Daniel De Silva single handedly got the game back for, for them. Yeah. but um, yeah. if you're if you're a team wanting to win silverware. You don't throw three points in the bin against ten men. Yeah, no, that's I totally agree with that. But I, I do think they they've got some quality players. All right, so I'm going to back you there as well. Unfortunately, uh, for Jamie, as much as uh, we're big fans, he's been nominated for two awards and uh, and won nothing. So not great for him. But uh, for Daniel Pe- uh, Pena, he's our new recruit, so he's won the award. And the last category and the last Christmas cracker we're going to open here is the most disappointing team. It comes down to the uh, WW. So it's the Wellington Phoenix or the Western Sydney Wanderers. I'm going to jump in here and just go straight for the jugular. It's It's got to be the Wanderers, the Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, as bad as Wellington have been away from home, they've got a, a very young, inexperienced squad. Yeah, they've got some older attacking players in Hooper and Borley. Um but they're a bit they're a bit fragile at the back, and I think Ollie Sales out now for for a couple of weeks. Yeah, he's done his hip um, flexor. He's out for six, six weeks. Six weeks, or I think. Yep. I think it is just so what, just what they needed. Look, and and Wellington, <laughs> yeah, and Wellington are playing. They're away from home. Um, look, I think it's going to be a long season for Wellington. But on the other side, the Wanderers. You look at the squad they have, the players they have, um, the experience they have. Uh, they brought in Reese Williams, Rodwell. Um, you know the, the the new goalkeeper Mahes. Um, oh, the way they're playing, that 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 club, the stature of that club, they they are in big trouble at the moment. I think, you know, <laughs> Robbo's probably saved himself a week um, ha- having the game cancelled on on the weekend. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But they've they've been massively a big big disappointment for me. 
Yeah, for me, it's a no-brainer. Wellington have got a handful of coins like they're a backpacker and uh, the Wanderers have got the black Amex and they're just swiping it whenever they like and they're still not getting any results and it's the same old, same old and I know we're hearing stories about it's higher up the chain and all that sort of thing but uh, somehow you've got to sort it out and no matter who's at fault there at the moment, the Wanderers are underachieving so we both, uh, we've both jumped on the Wanderers there so that's the end of our Christmas crackers. Now moving on to uh, our clinical finish, so our weekly Tom Hammond Award uh, based after you, VIG, and I'm probably pretty sure that you were a bit Tom Hammond uh, during the Christmas break, but uh, we'll just skip over the top of that. Um, it could be a not. shot. I was definitely not Tom Hammond. <laughs> it could be a hit. It could be anything. But uh, for us this week, I think we're going to go with the Killer Bees, Brimmer and Berlante giving victory a 2-0 lead. So great lead-up work for Brimmer. He's basically just run at the heart of their defence and uh, – put them in 10 mines, not two mines, and uh, then laid the ball off to Berlante, who's uh, done a thundering strike to uh, give his team a 2-0 lead, and they eventually ran out 3-1 winners. So are you on board with that? On board with that, uh, 100%. Um, great finish by Berlante, but uh, great build-up play by Brimmer, who's been um, outstanding, I think, for Melbourne victory. Okay, so this week's key games, the Jets versus Melbourne City, I think will be an interesting game. Mariners versus the Bulls. Coast on a high and bulls licking their wounds, so that'll also be another game. I think that's, uh, that's New Year's Eve too. I think it's always a, a special event up in uh, in Central Coast. Yeah, so I think that that will be a game that we have, we will be keen to see the result of. And the last one is the Wanderers versus Western United. Robinson's still on the hot plate, and uh, Western United looking for a response to their three-one uh, defeat to the victory. It's going to be a very interesting game. Um, the Wanderers, it's a must-win, must-win for Robbo, must-win for the club. And like you said, uh, Western United uh, are looking for some sort of bounce back after a disappointing defeat to victory. So just quickly, um, we should probably call this off like some of the games were or majority of the games were on the weekend, but uh, we are just going to quickly flick over the top of it. So fantasy update, previously I had 32 points. This week I've uh, got 55, and that's only from four players, and one of those was a minus, which was um, Meredith, who got minus one for the, uh, for the Bulls. Um, I did make two changes. I signed Margotta, Margiotta from uh, Victory as well as uh, Meredith, who got me nothing this week. But, uh, yeah, the, the cancel games have absolutely wrecked fantasy. Good news for me is, though, no matter amongst all the cluster here, my total score at the moment is 424. How are you going over there, VIG? Mate, I might as well just pull the plug out now and walk out of the room. Because <laughs> How many players did you get points for on the weekend? So I only had two players. So all my <laughs> players got COVID. <laughs> Omicron here, Omicron there. Um, two players, I think I only had Ryan Grant and, and Jason Davidson. And Ryan Grant's just come back from COVID. Yes. So you are the so COVID FC. Honestly, it's... it's you know, it's, when you say the Cove, it's not meant to be the COVID, it's the it's Cove. The, I, I can't win. It's, it's the VIGs <laughs> and they are struggling at the moment. Um, I had Ryan Grant and Jason Davidson. I think they total of 19 points. Massive. How, what's your total score so far? 346. 346. Okay, so 424 versus 346. Do you want to thro- thro- throw the towel in at the moment or are you going to keep no, fighting look, away? It's a, it's a long season and knowing you... A lot you, of torture. Knowing, yeah, <laughs> look, I, I'm, in, I'm in for the pain. But knowing you, anything can happen. You know, something. You know, you're, you're going away on holidays soon. You, you might forget to update your team. You can only hope, mate. Something can happen. Ho- hopefully, that, that your players go on holidays too, or something like that. All right. So, um, if you've missed the show or you want to catch up on some of the missed episodes, uh, where can they listen to it? Vig, you can find all the show, all the episodes on the uh, Football Nation Radio platforms, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Awesome. All right, so um, we thank our guest, uh, the goal-scoring hero for victory this week, Jason Guerrier, uh, very much for being on the show. We also um, wish everybody a a very happy new year. We know that uh, by the time we come back on air next week, uh, everyone would have been into 2022. So all the best with that. Hope you have a great and safe safe night and, uh, and a good New Year's Day. And uh, next week, the uh, boys from the Football Revolution will be bouncing back and uh, doing our first show of the 2022 um, season or year or whatever you want to classify it as. But thanks again for listening and thanks again for all your support this year. And we'll catch you again next week.